You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Hello and welcome to a brand new series of the West End Frame Show, putting theatre in the frame and keeping you up to date with everything going on in the West End and beyond. Every week we're going to be rounding up the latest theatrical news stories, discussing what shows have opened or just what shows I felt like seeing that week. And of course, talking about all of the latest Broadway gossip. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins. And the best bit about doing this podcast is that for most episodes, I'm joined by different guest co-hosts. And I have someone pretty amazing with me in the studio today. (laughs) So she's an actor. Most recently, she was a standby for Glinda in the West End production Wicked, following a run as understudy Christine in the West End production of The Phantom of the Opera. Just a couple of her other credits. She's done so much, I just had to summarise. Oh, Some of her other credits include she was at Magenta in the 40th anniversary UK tour of the Rocky Horror Show. She was the narrator in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And she's currently the standby for Anna in The King and I, which is touring the UK, following runs on Broadway and in the West End. And she's literally here on her week off. I'm so <laughs> grateful. Um, welcome to the West End Frame Show, Maria Coy. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. It's literally so you've had this kind of crazy day so far, it running around been. with dogs and you're on tour. Um, thank you so much for coming No, here. my pleasure and sorry for being late. <laughs> <laughs> you're like five minutes late, it's fine. So tell me about The King and I first. So mm-hmm. I mean, just reading those roles out, you've done so many hugely iconic roles and taken on so many parts that you know so many other people have played Mm -hmm. so what was it like to come on to the king and i and take on anna because was she a role was that kind of like on your list was that like it wasn't really on my radar um yet anyway um so it was quite a surprise and joining the company a lot of the company um did the palladium yes um, so quite a lot of them had already done it and were familiar with the show, but everyone was incredibly welcoming. And um, yeah, so I'm standing by to Annaline Beachy and she's phenomenal, mm. just phenomenal to watch a phenomenal woman. And it's been amazing to learn from her both on and off stage. And we were lucky to take the show to Japan as well. You had Kelly O'Hara there, right? Yes, yes. So, so Kelly O'Hara came back and did yes, it for that, did. for that run. Yes, yeah, she did. What's it like to work with her? I, I mean, amazing. I've been so fortunate with this job to stand by to two amazing women and she was so kind and generous as a human and obviously just so inspiring to watch it's Mm. but when you get those couples together like Ken and Kelly and Annaline and Jose they sort of create their own magic within their pairing so it's been amazing to see two different versions and sort of take in what I can from both but they're both very inspirational women and I've felt very privileged to stand by for both of them yeah and it's like a really lavish beautiful production I saw it first of all I saw it on Broadway Mm -hmm. with Kelly O'Hara and then I saw it at the Palladium and it's like big isn't it It and the costumes and your costumes that you wear are like (laughs) (laughs) stunning heavy (laughs) (laughs) but it's like that's a big show to be touring right or taking a really high quality piece of theatre to the regions yes it is and um 
you know, and some uh, it fits into some theatres easier than it does others. And we had, you know, our first sort of challenge with a raked stage, mm. which was something we all had to get used to. But, you know, we've done it now. So when we get to another rake, at least we sort of know how to deal with it. But mm. there's a lot of bits of set that get moved on and off and yeah. <laughs> not them rolling off the stage. <laughs> and what are you like? What are you like with Standby Life? Because... It must be even, is that harder on tour because the theatres are different and you don't, the backstage pass like is slightly different. In some ways it keeps it more fresh. So I tend to watch it once in each right. venue as well to I sort see. of see, because sometimes uh, a stage is wider than the next. So I tend to watch it to see if any staging has changed. So it sort of keeps it fresh in that respect. I mean, standing by on tour is different because... When you're in London, you sort of have your own regular day at home and then you sort of come into work for a few hours and then go back home to your normal life. But on tour, obviously, it's just you guys, you know, it's just you're the company and you have to sort of create your own life around mm. it. Um, but luckily, the company of the King and I are one of the best groups of people I've ever, ever had the privilege of working with. Just such strong work ethic and everyone is so nice just so nice like I can't it makes me happy to go into work every day because there's you know never any kind of atmosphere everyone's just so lovely and it was so nice to come into that sort of atmosphere as you know when they were already set up as a company yeah. pretty much um so it sometimes touring can be very rough you know when you're missing home and you're missing mm. your home life and if the atmosphere isn't always fantastic it can be quite a stressful existence so mm. it makes touring so much easier being with such a phenomenal group of people like I love them all I'll be devastated to not work with them anymore to be mm. honest when the time when the time comes <laughs> <laughs> and what do you get up to what do you do when you're when you're asked when you're not on and you're standing by it depends I mean last week I was doing my taxes oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, the um, is real. <laughs> um, it depends some days I'm very productive and I'll, if we have a studio in the theatre I'll tend to go and deal at you know, do a little workout with the swings, get them involved um, to sort of stay active. But I also share a dressing room most of the time with with whoever is playing Top Tim and sometimes Lady Tiang. So, you know, when they're off stage, we sort of all just have a laugh together or I say we all have a laugh. I'm probably just annoying them and they're like, shut up, we have a show to concentrate on. But um, yeah, we just have a good time. It's sort of, it's a long show. It's a three hour show, but somehow the time just kind of goes. Sometimes I feel like I open my phone and then, the show's over and I'm like what have I just done the past three hours <laughs> that's today's job done yeah. yeah but um yeah so it sort of differs I mean I've been standing by now for one thing or another for almost three years wow. coming on yeah. so sometimes it's a struggle to find the motivation to do anything and then other days it's you know you can always go around and chat to people as well and then when you are on what I think is really special about the king and I is that it, it really speaks to some people and mm -hmm. like audiences just really respond to it don't they they're seeing all sorts of different representation on stage yes. and just I think that's really special it uh, is one of those kinds yeah. of shows and also we get a lot of it was a lot of people's favorite film musical yeah. so so much nostalgia yes and so you know they come and they see it live and that's quite moving for them especially because I think this production has been done so well and sometimes I go and watch it and I'm like this is fantastic 
this is just fantastic a fantastic show <laughs> and then I'm like I'm so lucky to be a part of it but I'm just watching it and sort of enjoying it like I'm not even yeah. a part you know a part of it and it's just such a classy production and it's so beautiful to watch and that's a lot of the feedback we get is that it's a very nostalgic mm. thing for for most people watching mm. it. Yeah, mm. I'm so happy that you're here doing this. I was just saying, no, this is my you. first episode of the year, so I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> happy what... New Year, all! <laughs> happy New Year! Did you have a nice Christmas? <laughs> or did, did you get like Christmas off? Uh, we had Christmas Day off. Um, Where were you? We were in Birmingham, so not too oh, far. Okay, so you could kind of get home. Yes, yeah, so I hired a car and drove. That's home for you. Uh, South East, well, East London right. um, is actually home. Home, that's where my parents are. So no. I drove to them for the day. But yeah, I um, took my car, my my own car, to a garage in Birmingham for an MOT, and it ended up in the garage in Birmingham till the middle of January. Even though we left Birmingham no. at the beginning of January, so I had to hire a car and oh I drove a bunch God. of the cars back to London. <laughs> And then back again on boxing. The logistics day. of your life are, are ridiculous. <laughs> you have a car and bag and dogs somewhere else. I know. Like. I know. Just everything is just strewn all over the country. But <laughs> but I have my car back. I have the dogs back. Good. Good. The dogs threw up all over the car. So you know. <laughs> what dogs do you have? I have two Shih Tzus. Oh. Yes, they're brothers called Ronnie and Reggie, and they are they're a real pair. And I love that they're kind of like on tour with you when you can take yes, them. Yeah. So actually. Sometimes I guess did they come in the dressing room with yeah, you? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So that's what you get up to. And you're standing by. Sometimes you're like playing with your dogs. Oh yes, and sometimes the first time I took them to a venue in Sunderland, it was when I was first put on for Anna. So I was on, and then I came off stage at the end of the show, and I looked on Instagram, and there were all of these Insta stories of my cast members going into the dressing room and playing with the dogs whilst I had been on stage and I mean I had no idea that any of that was happening I mean Nick Len who's one of my good friends one of the swings did the whole of Shall We Dance with one of the oh, dogs I need to see this I have no I have this like highlighted on someone's profile I need to go and watch this that's the best thing the ever things. oh my god that is everything I wish they were here today but they could have come to the podcasting studio oh, they, with us they're, they're a bit raucous sometimes so it's probably better <laughs> um, so we have lots to talk about today there's yes. lots of catching up to do so coming up in today's episode we're going to be discussing Les Mis and Rags there's lots of news about Come From Away casting Andrew Lloyd Webber's new musical and Cynthia Arrivo's quest for world domination plus we'll be finding out what's going on over on Broadway <laughs> Okay, so first up, we are going to talk about the news. Um, and something that got me very excited over the last couple of weeks is that the new cast has been announced, the West End production of Come From Away. I think you might know someone is going into this show. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so joining The Rock, Alice Fern... Yeah, she is. ...is taking over as Beverly. So she was just in Wicked. She was. She as was Alpha Fern. Yeah, you were in it together and you were causing all sorts of chaos on social media <laughs> as Glinda and Alphabet, Well, you? we have a sort of pretend love-hate relationship, but 
I will say I do love her and she's one of my favourite people. And I love that you're clarifying. I am <laughs> clarifying for everyone, just in case anyone ever we takes do our like jokes each other. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I can't wait to go and see it. She's um, crazy talented. She's ridiculously talented. I'm going to talk about it in a bit, but I was just at um, the Stephen Schwartz show last night. Mm-hmm. They did it at the Park Theatre and all different people came and performed numbers and she came and performed Defying Gravity. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 190 seats in the theatre. I mean, she should not be allowed to have done what she did in that space, like literally belting in people's faces. And Stephen was sat behind her and to watch his face, he was in awe. She's Um, insane. She's insane. So it's super exciting that she's going to be singing Me in the Sky eight times a week. And also she's an incredible actress. She's She's phenomenal. I can't, I honestly can't wait to see her. But we had a sort of running joke. Well, I mean, I don't really know who it was a joke for, actually. We had this joke in Wicked and I would say to her, you know, even if I'm rubbish today, I still get your applause. (laughs) (laughs) Because obviously they bow together. (laughs) How did you get through for good? Like... Are you like bad on stage? Like, will you play? Will you try? No, no. You're well I, behaved. Yeah, fo- yeah. I'm not really a corpser um, on stage. Not that it doesn't affect me, but if something is going to make me laugh, I sort of shut down inside. So I, I'm not sure how my acting is when I'm trying to <laughs> stay off laughing. But um, but um, my my last one, uh, my last for good, because obviously I left a little early to go yeah. and join the King and I. My last for good with Alice was sad because she's my mm. friend in real life, and that was sad but you know you just sort of it becomes a part of the journey every day when you sing it but I don't think I've ever had a a laugh attack during <laughs> so this who come from away cast is crazy because there's so many like connections between people and exciting people who are joining so Hamilton's Taryn Callender will play Bob current standby Mark Dugale will take over as Kevin T Mamma Mia duo Alistair Harvey and Kate Graham will reunite as Nick and Diane. I love that. They remind me together and now they're That's joining the show sweet. together. That is sweet. Um, whilst James Doherty, who is the brother of current cast member Mary Doherty, is joining his sister in the show Aww. as Claude. So sibling reunion on stage. That's gorgeous. I haven't seen the show at all, so I can't <sighs> wait to see it. Come From Away is so beautiful. And it's, you know, people always like to me, oh, I'm coming to London, what show should I go and mm-hmm. see? Or, and my kind of go to recommendation is Come From Away because it's such a great story. Everyone that I know who's been to see it has just said that it's fantastic. It's slick, it's well directed, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful show. You're going to love it when you go. And Alice Fern is going to be incredible. All this cast, she I'm better. really excited. <laughs> she better be good. <laughs> um, other exciting show is Cinderella. So, first of all, sadly, it's been announced that School of Rock will close at the Gillian Lynn theatre on the 1st of March 2020. Excitingly though, the original Dewey, David Finn, has returned for the production's final few months. Um, the theatre is closing for renovation work and will reopen in September with Andrew Lloyd Webber's new musical version of Cinderella. I am so intrigued by this. I'll tell you why. It's because of the creative team. So obviously we have Andrew Lloyd Webber music. We have book and it says original story, which kind of, I'm like, what? original story like what they've done the, so the book and the story has been written by Emerald Fennell who is the showrunner for Killing Eve um, she's also an actress she wow. played Nurse Patsy in The Call of the Midwife she's, I think she's in series 3 of The Crown but I haven't watched it yet I don't watch The Crown so this might not make I, any sense no, to me. but what's my, my exciting Christmas news the biggest like life changing <laughs> thing that happened to me over Christmas is that I got Netflix <laughs> 
So I... For Christmas. Well, to myself, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Santa did a bring it for me. <laughs> but I've never had Netflix in my You've life. You've opened up a whole new world for yourself. Literally, my life has changed. And I'm suddenly watching all this television, which I never used to watch. And what are your favourites? So I love The Crown. Mm-hmm. And then I love Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Fan- um, very, very Titus funny. Titus Yeah, he's fantastic. amazing for all the actors in it. So he is incredible. And just I've got the end of series one and... Those last couple of episodes just literally killed me. I was wetting myself. <laughs> I'm loving The Good Place. Yes. Is it called The Good Place? The Good Place, yeah. With, Very um, funny. Kristen, Kristen Bell. Bell. But yeah, because I got it. Because there's, there's, really, there's really exciting stuff coming on Netflix this year. Ryan Murphy, who was at the show when I think Glee, mm-hmm. has got this big deal with Netflix. And they've got like the prom is coming to Netflix. The boys in the band. There's some really cool like uh, Have you watched The Politician? Stuff. Oh, I watched, I've watched two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben Platt. Yes. Do you like it? I did. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's taken me a while. I, episode one, I couldn't get my head around it. But Ben Platt gives an amazing performance. Yes. And it's actually a really clever concept. And I don't know where it's going because a lot happens in those first two episodes. I'm like, yeah, a they, lot happens. How are they going to keep it going? It's really, I really enjoyed it a lot. Anyway, this is a massive tangent. I don't know how we got onto this. <laughs> how did we well, get congrats onto this? On, on Netflix. Thank anyway. you. Thank you. That's my Christmas news. That's, you're all caught up with mine. Nothing else happened to me over Christmas. So, why did I say? Oh yes, because um, we had this amazing creative team for School of Rock. So Emerald Fennell, the Cinderella, is right. Oh, School of Rock. <laughs> this is going so well. <laughs> Thank God you're here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're not rewriting School of Rock. We have new Cinderella. Emerald Fennell is writing an amazing new story. Lyrics are by David Zippel, who collaborated with Andrew on The Woman in White. Um, and then the duo that are director Lawrence Connor and choreographer Joanne Hunter are reuniting to direct and choreograph, having worked together on School of Rock and Joseph. And I really liked what they did with Joseph. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these just these guys are all from completely different backgrounds yeah. and done different projects. And I I'm think it's really a different intrigued. story, isn't it? Yeah, because they've done some workshops, right? Carrie yeah. Hope Fletcher played some thread in the workshop. Yeah. We don't know casting yet. No, from what I understand, it's a completely different spin Mm. on Cinderella I think what I'm most interested actually is the vocal style Mm -hmm. to see what they go down this is actually a good thing to to ask you because you have the most amazing soprano voice and that's very kind (laughs) I'm not very good with compliments I'm like slowly shrinking no but no don't worry I'm not gonna like I won't say anything else about your talent Um, but what I think really interests me in in new musical Mm theatre is that you know there's lots of belty stuff you know the newer the score the higher the belt required Um, but I loved Kelly O'Hara in the Bridges Madison County yes that was a gorgeous gorgeous new soprano voice and I just think that was also a really exciting way to like utilize the soprano voice as yes. well in a different musical a, style absolutely that wasn't a bit more contemporary so the word, when you're like looking for new rep what, what kind of music gets you excited what kind of like pushes you oh new rep <laughs> what like I should maybe think about getting some actually <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is I always used to sing We Kiss in a Shadow from The King and I every time I had to sing something Aww. soprano but I don't know if I'll do that anymore mm. after it I mean it is it's hard to find sort of new work that's been written for Sopranos, to be honest. Um, I don't consider myself much of a belter. So but you've got a bit of belt in you. If I have to really drag it out under great duress. Are <laughs> I mean, you always like that when you were growing when you were growing up, when you started finding a voice? Were you always I've always been very um high mix soprano 
sing a lot of Disney type voice. But when I first started working, for some reason, I was always told, oh, but she looks like a belter. So for a while, I went with it and really went with it. Like, thought I might go a bit rocky, dyed my hair purple, thought I'll try and convince them a bit with my look because I'm really faking this belting thing. Um, and then obviously I did things like Rocky Horror. Yeah. And then funnily enough... Even the Rater and Joseph, that's belty. Well, it it may be. <laughs> I don't know if I belted it. I think it's just a, a loud, a very loud mix. Turn my mic up. No. Um, but I think as well, like when I did that, I was so young and fearless. I think, you know, you sort of have a bit more self-doubt, funnily enough, the older you get. But I, when I would audition for Wicked, they would always give me um, Nessaros and Elphaba material. And I thought, God, I've got absolutely no hope here and then the year that I finally got it the first time when I was uh, first cover Glinda when I went in that year I saw that I was being considered again for an alphabet cover so I the only reason my hair is blonde today is because six years ago I dyed my hair bright blonde and wore a blue dress and went in and sang the most soprano song I could find to be like please what did you say I have to go I sang um the beauty is from like in the piazza I thought please I need (laughs) I need to start going down a different route I can only fake this belting thing for so long (laughs) because someone's gonna figure me out that's amazing though that's amazing to do that and then you're literally playing Christine it's changed the path for sure and now I'm sure people like soprano soprano when you look at your CV I think that I was trying to fit into the bracket that I was being considered as Mm. and then when I was like no actually this is what I'm better at and sort of took control myself and you know made the point of where I thought my strengths lie actually made things sort of move in the direction that I'd been hoping for since the beginning really yeah and then the rest is history that's really interesting though about what other people see you as because it's like where do you draw the line between taking that advice and following it and then when do you actually go no this isn't working this is what I need (laughs) to do this is what you need to see me as it's quite brave really well I would be being seen for things like rock of ages and I thought you could offer me five million pounds on the spot and say if you can belt this note I'll give you five million pounds I still wouldn't have been able to do it (laughs) you know what I mean Mm. so I thought I need to really sort of Mm take charge and mm. and take it in a different in a different direction yeah. Yeah. Um, so very quickly in some other news it's been confirmed that Matthew Walker will direct the film adaptation on Matilda the musical with filming expected to begin in August Cynthia Erivo is officially a double Oscar nominee yes um, she's been nominated for best actress and best original song for the film Harriet Brian Connolly and Louise Redknapp are returning to the West End production of 9 to 5, the musical. Caroline Sheen will play her final performance on the 8th of February, and she is fabulous, so make sure you go and check her out before she leaves. And Jason Manford will return to host the Olivier Awards the third time on Sunday the 5th of April. One other thing I wanted to mention, Sheridan Smith posted something exciting on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, she one of, one of Sheridan's incredible TV roles that she's done is uh, Scylla. Um, and she played Scylla Black in the ITV series. And she posted a picture of, of herself as Scylla on Instagram with the caption, I'll be bringing Scylla to the stage later this year. Can't wait to see you all there, I hope. 
Interesting. And I'm so intrigued. There was a, there was a musical of... Yeah, there was. They did a... Will Camright produced a touring version yes. of Scylla, which was adapted from the ITV drama. Right. But literally, okay. this is the only information that we have, so we don't so we know... So we don't even know if it's that same If it's that same show. adaptation, sound a production, if it's going to be some sort of concert-esque yeah. thing. Um, because Sheridan's having a baby and Schedule's having a year out and suddenly just announced this, so I'm very interested. So watch this space. Okay, it's time for some show talks. I guess when you're on tour, like, you can't really go and see theatre because you're literally no um, away. Yes, I'm going to see Rags this week. Mm. Um, my friend Adam Crossley is in it. Oh, I so, love Adam yes. Crossley. He did this with me a while ago last year. Yes, well, I think he spoke about 48 48- Hour did he on it? Yes, he did. Yes, because that's how we met. Did. You were doing the forty-hour showtime challenge, yes, and you played, was... Kathy, you played Kathy Selden and singing in the rain for forty <laughs> hours. What a rush! <laughs> well, actually, well, that's a nice segue because the first show we're going to talk about is Rags. Oh, do you know anything? Do you know anything about I, it? Only little bits from what he has told well, I me. I knew hardly anything about it, and if you, uh, well, let's let's let me let me tell you what it's about. So. It, this the original Broadway production ran for literally eighteen previews and four performances, and then oh. it closed. Boom! Um, but since then, it's kind of been revisited. It's like a whole new book was written. So the, the show has music by some guy called Charles Strauss, who wrote Annie. Um, lyrics by Stephen Schwartz, who wrote Wicked. Lovely. Um, and then the original book is by Joseph Stein, but the revised book is by David Thompson. It's a really big, fascinating story, and it's in like an epic, epic journey. So it's a tale of a group of Jewish immigrants as they arrive to start a new life in America. Fresh from Ellis Island, a young mother, Rebecca, played by Karen and Maitland, and her son search for a new life and sense of home as the 20th century beckons. So Rebecca, essentially, she's lost her husband, and yes. she has her son, and in that age, it's just so hard for women to do anything and to cross the border, like, just the stuff that she goes through is truly Mm -hmm. epic. And it's this big show with these big kind of you know, luxurious music. Um, it's like stunning some of the stuff that's in there. And you've got Carolyn Maitland playing Rebecca, yes. who is just divine. Yeah, she's great. It's such an epic role for her. And I've seen uh, everyone on Twitter is like, oh my gosh, Carolyn Maitland's amazing. I'm like, I know, like she's been amazing for years. So it's yeah, so she's great fantastic. to see her kind and of she's having done so this moment. Cool, she's done so many cool, so many jobs cool roles. And yeah. Cool but I think stuff. Adam's playing a bit of a dark character in it. He, um, mm. a bit of a baddie, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he has. He's in this duo that have they do this kind of number at the beginning, um, which is good fun. He gets to have fun. There's some really lovely choreography in there. Some really lovely direction. It's at the Park Theatre in Finsbury yes. Park. Um, have you been there before? I haven't. So I hadn't been there for a couple of years. I used to go and see lots of stuff there, like when it first opened and it's a very it's a bit like the Donmar it's very very intimate with the circle Mm -hmm. um, as well as stall seating but then like you know like four rows in the stalls or something it's tiny and it's quite a high because there's got a circle it's quite a high auditorium it goes it kind of goes it goes high up and sometimes I've seen things that have felt a bit dead or kind of lacked in atmosphere but what they've done with this design they've got these obviously there's all this kind of uh, this this theme of kind of travel and um, stuff 
starting new journeys and stuff. So they've got these these suitcases that kind of line the back wall and there are these washing lines that kind of come down right at the top. And they've really utilised the space. They've made this kind of slightly different, unique space. They've used it to their advantage and it works really well. Um, there's some really strong concepts in there. I mean, Press Night, it's so tough because Press Night was like the third show. Yes. Um, yeah. it, when, you, when you do these, these short runs, it's always yeah, the way. so quick. So it still needed time to settle. It wasn't totally slick. But I could see that, you know, what they were aiming to do all the intention was there and I'm sure already it's settled and, yes I'm um, going to see it tomorrow I'm hearing so. brilliant things and I love seeing these like old shows that have been worked on yes. that I don't know much about I love seeing there, shows that I know nothing and you, about and I didn't know a single song and I was talking to people in the interval and they were saying oh you know that song needs to be a different tempo or that character used to sing that song and they've completely reworked it but obviously you know I was totally fresh it's long the first act's like 90 minutes it's, it's epic it's mm-hmm. proper I'm used to long shows, that's okay, I don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) And we did a lovely interview with Callum Maitland for our other podcast in the frame, and she talks lots more about the story and the kind of themes involved. So you're interested, go and check out that interview as well. Um, So Rags runs at the Park Theatre until Saturday, the 8th of February, 2020. Um, And I kind of spoke about it earlier, but on Sunday I went to the Spark of Creation, which was an evening celebrating the work of Stephen Schwartz. He is such a legend, like, I mean, of which there is a lot of work. I know. And so varied as well. It was really interesting to sit there and music was performed from Godspell. The Bakers. I love the Bakers. I love the the Bakers. I saw that ages ago at the Union. The Union. Yes. I've never seen the production. Yeah, it was at the Union. I think that was maybe the last time it was done in London. But what he teased is that he said he's currently in talks for there to be a London revival. Great. Um, so yeah, we I mean, had all these amazing performers. Obviously, I mentioned Alice Fern, Emma Hatton was there. Just most extraordinary bunch of people. Carolyn's in number. Um, there was Simbi. There was just all sorts of amazing. Luke Bear. It was. I sat there and all. You know, yeah, and they all sat on stage and they all had to watch each other perform. And I think that's so scary. When you scary and like also that. to Plus sing in front of Stephen Schwartz is also <laughs> sat there and like, it's so intimate. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing night. And it that's made me, it made me very excited for Prince of Egypt yes um, which is coming to the West End opens next month in February you mentioned Les Mis I also saw the new production of Les Mis how was it it was great you know I um I've seen that new production. So anyone, anyone who doesn't it's know, it's the tour. This, yeah, tour. Right? This, this, it was. The, I think originally it was a 25th anniversary tour. Sure. Um, that they kind of recreated the show. Lawrence kind of directed it. They took it out on tour. Went back to the Barbican. My name is started. I saw it twice on Broadway. Uh-huh. Um, and it worked so well on Broadway. That was a really big theatre. But I believe they've still been tweaking it along the way and changing it. And it's been touring, oh, sure. touring the UK recently. Now it's come to the refurbished Sondheim Theatre, which was the Queen's Theatre previously and I, I first of all, I really like the production. I really like the costume design. Um, obviously, there's no revolve in there, and I do I think the revolve makes some beautiful imagery. It's iconic, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. Everyone associates Lamez with that revolve. I think that's the thing. But I haven't seen an incarnation of this production yet. But I've heard things like Javert's. Yes. Oh, well, we can Spoiler. say it. Okay. Everyone knows Javert okay, dies. Right. Okay. If Javert's you don't death. know that, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> I've heard that things like that are a lot more, um, more of, a lot more of a spectacle. Dramatised, yeah. Yes. Yeah, they are. His death is, is quite cool. Yeah, there's some really interesting moments. And there's also... Um, 
the set, it, the design is really cool. There's some mm-hmm. really nice set pieces involved, and I, I, I like the staging. What I thought, though, one thing that stuck out for me, just my personal opinion, is that I thought um, when I saw it on Broadway, this production I was at the Imperial Theatre, which is this massive theatre, mm-hmm. it really bellowed in there and it just works so beautifully I thought the Queen's Theatre I'd forgotten how intimate it is it's the Queen's an, Theatre yeah, it isn't is, that big and the way the staging is the stage basically falls into the front row almost it's kind of it, it's so intimate and I thought I'd like to see that explored more some of the performances are really big and you know there's some some really massive acting in there and there's some parts I was like whoa like you could just rein the whole thing sure. in a little bit I think it's more kind of direction that could be and just really play with that intimacy and play with your audience because everyone's listening and everyone's there um, and Les Mis is such a such a massive arc doesn't it Like it's just, such a good show it's so exhausting it's an emotional journey it, it is really and is. one of the most stunning moments actually for me was Carrie Hope Fletcher who is playing Fontaine and she did I Dream to Dream that was actually when I felt the production was most stripped back and it was just her stood there with the most stunning lighting design and she was kind of stood mid-stage to begin with and just sang it and it was like painful it really worked so well I think it sounds great but um, you've got some lovely voices in that cast John Robbins giving it Bring Them Home is just so special Um, and a really strong ensemble as well it was really powerful it was just amazing it was one of those nights where it was press night for Les Mis like so bizarre how often does that come around (laughs) I know it was really really special and the Sondheim Theatre as well is absolutely stunning. I oh, love great. what they've done with it. All the kind of interior has just been has just been totally updated, and they kind of tried to kind of restore it to how it originally was before the theatre got bombed. And yeah, it looks it looks lovely. Oh, I'm excited to see. It. I'm I never really tire of seeing Les Mis. It's sort of even though it's a an epic, it's one of those shows that I just love the music so much that as soon as that music starts at the beginning I'm invested it like goes through you're like I'm invested I know yeah me too so Les Mis is currently booking at the Sondheim Theatre until Saturday the 17th of October 2020 but there's no rush I'm sure it's not going anywhere (laughs) another 34 years but you do you haven't seen it for a while you now you now have a new excuse to go back and see it again (laughs) I also saw something that I'd never seen um, ever, I went to see like, the Soleil show last week. Oh, um, how was so that? The new show's Lucia, and it's at the Rural Abbott Hall. Well, I don't know why I've never seen Cirque du Soleil before because I quite enjoy kind of circusy yes. stuff, and I don't know what I was expecting. I did in my head, I just imagined it to be massive and huge and like crazy big budget. I don't know if I've ever seen one. Well, it wasn't it wasn't actually what, what I was expecting. And I've kind of spoken to other people since. They've been like, oh no, yeah, it is more like what I was describing. So it's kind of, it, it, this 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 new show, Lucia, takes us on an exciting journey to Mexico, which is So very, they have a story So there's a, them. less of a story, more of a theme. Sure, okay. So the theme was Mexico. So that was, that's welcome in January, you know, give us some Mexican sunshine and colour. <laughs> So the kind of the visual kind of stuff that there was 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 really bright and colourful and joyous, which I loved. And then you kind of have different acts kind of coming nice. out. So you have your contortionist who kind of shivers <laughs> through my body. But I know there's like theatrical elements in there as well. So you've got some like puppetry. Do you ever watch a contortionist and think, yeah, I can go home and do that? No. <laughs> Do you? I mean, like, kind of, even though I absolutely cannot. But just in the moment, in the moment, like, in the moment of watching it, I think, oh, yeah, like, maybe if I practice, practice, 
<laughs> like, that's, guy, like it's insane. Ribs, I mean, never like, in a million years. It's like bending years. his ribs. Like I was, it was right. <laughs> like, do they even have a spine? Do you know I what I mean? Know. Like, it's insane. Like, what are their bones made of? Like, obviously not having enough calcium. <laughs> but it's like if I watch a ballet, I'm like, oh, I've yeah. Like if I go home and practice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could be like you mean never in a million years I've never been fantastic at ballet I used to skip ballet classes when I was at college and go and do singing classes I thought I'm not going to be a ballerina and then cut to phantom yeah. can you, oh can you go on point oh yes uh, yeah it is it is pretty kind of epic in terms of what you're watching but I don't know I was expecting it visually there to be more like I don't know like big set pieces or mm-hmm. um and I felt <laughs> they made them all sing at the end of that one and I think <laughs> and at the end as well which is <laughs> funny like all these like really incredible circus performers being made to sing they look livid um which was a bit oh, they look livid <laughs> they did oh. no one was like smiling or like smiling naturally like it just looked a bit I'm like, this is not what this is not what we came here to do. But sure, it was like you made me do ballet. Like I look a bit livid as well, you know. Like or a con- or yeah, or if you made me try and like bend my rib cage, like I'd also look livid. So that was I just found that a bit funny. Um, but it, you know, it's impressive, and you cannot deny that the talent of these performers is Crazy. truly insane. Yeah. It's such an international cast. But what I actually thought is. I've seen quite a lot of, on the South Bank Centre, they do quite a lot of circus mm-hmm. stuff. And I've been seeing various shows there over the years. But I've seen some really cool, like, progressive shows yes. that would, like, move the genre forward. And I think, and, and also I've seen it all in this very intimate tent on the South Bank sure. Centre. And I think, actually, that is more exciting than to see it in a massive rural Albert Hall right. where you're kind of disconnected and it, it's a bit further a bit further away. Um, so I think that's kind of my personal taste. I'd probably, I was actually like, I haven't seen all those circus shows for a few years I must look out for the South Bank Census new season that's you know going to Cirque du Soleil it's like a family thing to do isn't it it's like it's a an event. lovely event yeah. and I mean they are selling out they're adding extra shows that's um, and I people go like every year to go and see it and I'm so pleased that finally I've seen it and I've yes. witnessed it and um, you know it's a privilege to watch these performers who literally go all around the world doing their thing um, it's pretty special so if you you know want to pop your Cirque du Soleil <laughs> cherry um, Lucia runs at the Royal Albert Hall until Sunday the 1st of March 2020 go and see some people bend in half (laughs) tell me about the craziest understudy situation you've found yourself in because you're, fa- I was thinking you've actually had a few. Because you were like shipped off the tour of Wicked at one oh. point, weren't you? And I was actually. That might be it because I never played Nessa Rose in London. So you were, is this? You were first cover Glinda. The first time I did Wicked, I was first cover Glinda and second cover Nessa Rose. Yeah. Um, Listen, I was rubbish at those wheelchairs. I was not good at them. <laughs> but the Apollo Victoria is has a strong rake, so it's a it's a bit of a hill. So. I would try and go across the stage and it would really want to go into the pit. <laughs> and that was that very stressful. That is total skill. I mean, I don't know how... I mean, obviously, some of them, you know, they do it every day, but they look so relaxed with their breaks. It's like nothing's even happening. And I was a real ball of stress in that chair. <laughs> but so I got asked to... I basically came off stage. It was a Wednesday matinee. I came off at the interval in my mob Defying Gravity mob costume and they were like we need you to go to, to Manchester and I was like what? <laughs> now <laughs> we need to get you on a train to Manchester I mean I had nothing I had like my 
phone charger and the clothes that I had on me that day. So within about, I'd say, 45 minutes, I was on um, a train up to Manchester. Uh, the show was in Salford um, with a bag of uh, my wigs, <laughs> oh my, my Glinda gosh. and Nessa wigs and some of my bodices. And they were like, we'll deal with the skirts up there because obviously I couldn't take... <laughs> The, the Glinda skirts the, yeah. <laughs> on my shoulder. It's a bubble dress for <laughs> yeah. Um And yeah, so I went on Vanessa Rose on the tour three times, um, having not ever done it in London, but the stage was flat. So that was easier. S- didn't even have to pop on a break. <laughs> what a dream. What a dream. That's crazy. You're getting into like an entirely different cast. Totally different slightly cast. different. There was like some differences in the yes. tour almost in terms of just simple staging. Yes, they sort of ran me through it quickly. But I always think, you know, when you're in a situation like that, although it's stressful, if you really get it wrong, you can be like, well, I tried. And then wasn't that also <laughs> like a crazy night when you were... Stand by. You were standing by for both Christine oh. and Glinda on the same night. Yes, but I didn't go on for either. So it sounds fantastic. It sounds really exciting. Where were you geographically? I was, I was in the Apollo Victoria. You were in the Apollo Victoria. Yeah. So that Thursday, I had gone back. So this is when you were in. I was in Wicked. You were, you were in Wicked. Yes. Right. So I was standing by Glinda. So on that Thursday, I had gone back to the Phantom Building to stand by, um, and then on the Saturday. They called and they said, is it okay if we have her on standby for Christine because we don't have anyone else um, around and if we need her to go on, we'll just put her in a cab, right? But uh, my date, I went on for neither, (laughs) so... But then do you like... Because obviously you weren't in Phantom and you hadn't done it for however long. So yeah, I think it's been about a year and a half. A year and a half. So are you like looking for your script? Like, uh, No. But on the Thursday I did watch the show when I went back to Stam. I did watch it in the wing to sort of familiarise myself. I just sort of trust. So you could, you could have just done it. I trust that I would know the words and maybe there'd be a... F- few mistakes but given the the situation situation. I would um I would like to think (laughs) you'd be forgiven I don't know (laughs) but um, of course I'm gonna come and note you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah yeah it was funny because people were writing to me that day and I was like I've literally spent the day watching Netflix so it sounds a lot more exciting (laughs) than it is but you know if I get a call then I'll be in a cab over to the Her Majesties but (laughs) It was more, I just hadn't, you know, even though Glinda's a soprano role, I hadn't sung that high in that soprano for that mm. length of time because, you know, I wasn't doing Wicked but going home and sort of still singing Christine stuff. So I thought, well, that cadenza could be funny. But, I mean, if it happens, you just got to do it. Just I mean, my to... first show on for King and I hadn't had a run. I'd never tried on a costume. What? Yeah, I didn't even ever had them. Oh, my god! I'd done a costume fitting and then that had you know, for them to take my measurements and to just try on a few things to see if they work. But they made pretty much everything new and I had never tried it. I'd never put on that purple dress. And it, that skirt weighs 40 pounds. And had you got to do, like, in rehearsals, had you done much physically or had you mostly been watching and observing? I'd mostly been... I obviously watched the whole rehearsal period um, and had noted everything down and I was watching the show a lot. Um, and we'd done, I mean, maybe two sort of rehearsals just on stage but you know just in our yeah our casual wear and just sort of going through um you know scenes and I'd done a musical um but yeah but I sometimes feel like that's the better I almost Mm. 
don't mind those stressful situations because you just get on up. with it. Yeah. You just you don't have any choice. It's like, well, that's that. So and I'm on. <laughs> Same with 48 hour. Didn't have time to worry about it because that's it. And it's and then it's over. <laughs> yeah, something's better, I guess. Yeah. And you seem like a very calm <laughs> together person. people say that but I think underneath it all sometimes I'm paddling a bit but I do try and sort of keep perspective in that we're so lucky to do what we do and what we do is a lot of fun and you know we're going out there and providing joy for people but you know no one's life is in my hands yeah. so I try and just remember that the worst things that could happen are I could fall, forget a line, my voice might crack, and all of those things in the grand scheme of things mm. are okay. Mm. And, you know, probably in tomorrow, no one's really going to remember anyway. So exactly. I just sort of try and keep that in mind. But I, I find I'm most calm in a very stressful situation because there's no other choice. <laughs> yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a really good way of approaching it and looking at it and putting it back into perspective is always mm-hmm. really important that's what I'm always saying well I hope that's what Desi Oakley was thinking last week so Desi Oakley <gasps> is this uh, amazing Broadway actress who I she was an unstudied alphabet like years ago so I was like fully aware of who she yeah. was um, but she originated the role of Jenna on the US tour of Waitress mm-hmm. um, left the show a couple of years ago but then had come back I think last August to do it for a couple of weeks whilst um, the Christine who was playing um Jenna went and got married so she'd done it you know for a two week run in August then that was it finished but all the West End Jennas were unwell so Paul Lucy Jones was sick and Natalie Covers was sick also that's Crazy. I mean, it is that time of year. I know. But bless them. When you've got three of them that are all unwell, it's just awful, isn't it? Like, just one of those awful situations that just happens. Um, so they flew Desi Oakley over, I believe. She found out on the Saturday, and she literally was flying into New York from somewhere else, and then her husband had to bring her, Aww. like, a bag of stuff so she could then hop on a plane to London. Um, and then Monday night, she was on, on after doing a few hours of rehearsal. And that is a crazy scenario to literally go across across to a different continent. And with that jet lag, she must have yeah. been well, I went, on pure I adrenaline. I went on that Monday night to her first show because I was free and I saw Desi Oakley doing Rachel. I was only free night and I was like, book, book, book. <laughs> um, and it was, she was absolutely phenomenal. She was incredible. And her Jenna was so, her, obviously she was doing it for a year on the road, but it was just her character was so bold and together. And it was like, That's you amazing. would never have known that she hadn't done it for however long. She was spot on. And I loved watching her approach the character and her vocals were just these sly little riffs were just kind of <laughs> were just kind of scattered in throughout Hello. the score and I was like yes I haven't heard that before um and she did her own thing with it and she just also at the bowels just came out and just was looked so overwhelmed Aww. but before that point you would never have known that anything was up and this wasn't the person who was doing it eight times a week that's crazy and I just think that's like truly truly remarkable yeah and um I felt very lucky to have seen her um so yeah Desi we need Desi to come back now surely she'll get like a London agent and people can know who she is and hopefully we'll get to see her and something else over here soon I mean people are just do you know I mean they just turn up and they just get on with it and it's just Mm. it was the same in Japan um Kelly was Kelly O'Hara was doing um another job and she um couldn't come into the show for the tech in Japan and she literally came on I think on the day that we opened and bear in mind that Japan and New York are a 12 hour 12 13 hour time difference so completely the opposite end of the day I mean just came in I mean looked phenomenal and just that was it she was off and like 
it was like she's just been doing it every day for the past however you know what I mean I was like what <laughs> what these are people are like superhuman superhuman it's a little bit annoying isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well I remember one time I got an overnight flight back from LA I'd been on holiday in Mexico and LA for two weeks and my flight got into Heathrow it was a bit bit naughty actually um at 4 p.m and then they were like you're on this is when i was in phantom they're like oh, you're on so three and a half hours later oh, i was like dehydrate just trying to breathe water into my into my veins and how's the show so i mean just heavy heavily focused on my technique <laughs> Okay, finally, we, we have been doing some hardcore gossiping today. <laughs> we've hardly discussed anything that we were supposed to discuss, but no, we, it's fine. This is what this podcast is all about. Um, so, let's talk Broadway. Have you ever been to New York before? I have been to New York quite a few times, What's, yes. like, your favourite thing I've ever seen on Broadway? Um, I haven't seen that much on Broadway because my best friend lives in New York. Right. So when I go to New York, I sort of go and just like stay with her and sort of live her life alongside her, you know. Um, but the last time I went to New York, we went to see The Colour Purple together. Which, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah which Cynthia I thought Reaver, was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I think I've only seen that I saw She Loves Me. Which oh, was also jealous. a beautiful, yeah. beautiful. With Gavin Creel, who's about yes. to open a waitress over here. Yeah, and when I was young, 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 I saw Wicked. Wow, was it your first time seeing it? On it was Broadway? my first time seeing it. Yeah, and then it was like ten years after I'd seen it on Broadway that I did it. So wow. Which is, um, and when you, we, at that early on, we were like, I want to play that role. I just didn't sing, but I, I just didn't sing anything other than Wicked at college for ages, and they were like, you have to sing something else. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please stop singing it for everything. It doesn't fit into every genre for a start. <laughs> but I I was obsessed with it. So, yeah. Well, I go to New York every year and I see all the shows. Yes, I do need to see more because there's been things that I've wanted to see, but obviously just yeah, haven't been out there at the right by, time. Yeah. But um, And I just booked a trip to go again in April. Um, and one thing I'm excited to see, I'm really interested to see this, is West Side Story. Yes. So there's been all sorts of stuff. And they've cut numbers. They have. So this they've, they've trimmed and reshaped the show. They're using the 1961 film version of America. And they've also cut I Feel Pretty, the Somewhere Ballet, as well as the interval. The interval's been there's cut. There's no interval. No interval. Straight through. I think it's straight through. I think it's about 100 minutes or something straight I through. I maybe wouldn't mind that with West Side Story. I agree. It's... I saw it at Curve um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And I hadn't seen it for a long time. And, you know, it just it gets you. Like, I find it quite hard to watch West Side Story. <laughs> it's one of my favourite. Favorite musicals of all time, but I mean, like it's just like you come like the interval. I felt so depressed because you kind of you know you know what's happening, you know where it's going. It's just so like you can never watch it for the first time again. Can you You know what's going to happen? So I actually think not having an interval might be better because it is it's all set over 48 hours. Right. I mean, like how Come From Away is set um, over the course of a few days. So it really works it being yes. those kind of like 100 minutes. So actually I'm here for, I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm willing to kind of see what they've done with it. And for a long time, you did have that original incredible choreography. But obviously mm-hmm. now the kind of the rules have changed and they've got new choreography. Yeah. And so I'm That choreography is so iconic. I know, I know. I'm, I'm really 
I'm excited to see this production, but there's been all sorts of drama happening. So they've been in preview since early December and they had to delay its press night for two weeks as leading actor Isaac Powell sustained a knee injury. He's just returned to the show though, so he's better. But then sadly, Darren E. Jones has permanently succeeded, well, not sadly, it's exciting with Darren, but he has, t- he has taken over um, the role of Riff from Ben Cook because poor Ben has also sustained an onstage injury and has now had to withdraw oh, from the really show. Sad. Imagine this is awful. Um, so there's all these kind of things going on, like but also these injuries. I'm like, what are they making them do? Like, what is the choreography <laughs> is it this like? <laughs> What's the design like? What kind of tricks are they doing? I'm really intrigued. Oh, bless them. I know. That's... So hopefully everyone else stays well. safe and well. Otherwise, we'll be flying Maria Coyne over <laughs> to, to go and, and do it because she's calm and cool and collected and knows every like lyric and every single word oh, of that show. Oh, it's such a beautiful show. <laughs> I'm I'm here for the no interval. I think I think some shows that would work. You know, some shows are hard to pick back up, aren't they, after the interval? I feel like Wicked, I think, in these intervals, so much time passes. Yes, and also, Defying Gravity is a real. Act you need, finisher. You need twenty you know. minutes to digest what's just happened. Although some people think it's the end and they leave. <laughs> I'm not lying. That happens. We've been told. Some people think that's the end, <laughs> which is so odd to me because it's so, not really a finite like, ending. It's so like just not concluded. Like oh that's my what gosh. happens when when a first act is an hour and a half. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people think, oh yeah, that's probably about time, and they go. That's so. Funny. But we would. Go- well, it was either that or they just didn't like it. Sometimes yeah. you'd be like, oh no, people definitely have thought that was the end. In the end of the wicked, I'm like just sat there like, oh <laughs> my God, I can't face standing up or doing anything. I have to sit here and like take it in. You know? um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm here for West High Story. The other thing that got me interested is Jake Gyllenhaal, who is seen to be a West End star when Sunday in the Park with George yes. opens over here um, with Annalie Ashford, who's incredible. Yeah. He is going to produce and star in a movie musical adaptation of Fun Home, which is an incredible musical, which I saw on Broadway, and there's a young Vic over here. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful there as well. And yeah, and, and Jake Gyllenhaal is going to produce and star in it on the big screen. Screen. Why not? Another movie musical. <laughs> I'm totally 100% here for it. All of the movie musicals. I mean, I know. they're happening. Not stop. West High Story. Is the movie of West High Story coming out soon? <gasps> yes. Later this year. And also The Prom, which I'm really, really excited about. And In the Heights. It's a good time to. It's a good time for the movie musical. Yeah, they're um, sort of like a new age of it, yeah. isn't there? Musical theatre is like cool again now. People are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool, but do do we think it that it's cool? Like, do, you I do. Know? I think things like Hamilton, you know, that, yes, that that's top true. the charts yeah, and yeah. six. Like, I think there's... And I'm going to add in Anne Juliet. Oh, yes. I'm a massive Anne Juliet fan. You're the biggest super fan. I'm ever. the biggest super fan. I've seen, I never go and see anything more than once. Well, I've seen it twice already. It hasn't even been... Oh, my gosh. And you're on tour and you're all over the place. Well... Exactly. I'm a committed super fan because, again, I mean, I worked with Mel. She was, um, you know, she was my Madame Marvel and she told me about it. I thought, oh, that sounds like it sounded like such an interesting concept, but I wasn't really sure that I understood it. Mm. So I sort of went in with no idea what I was about to let myself in for. And I mean, I was like buzzing. I love it. It makes me want to go out. As I soon know. as the show finishes. I know, I know, I know. I didn't know it was a comedy. You know what I mean? I had no idea it was going to be so funny. And oh, I saw so it in funny. Manchester and and in London and 
I mean, I've got a week off. I might go again. <laughs> I really want to go. And I really need to go and see it again. Because the first time I saw it, the first time, the first 20 minutes, I was like, what is this? Like, what's going on? What's that? Like, what like, is happening? It, took, it, it was a lot to digest. But then, like, by the end of that one, I was living my best when life. When you buy into it, it's And then such a couple ride. of interval Proseccos and Act 2, I was living my absolute best life. I really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, <laughs> so I think, I do think kind of, shows like that and the kind of just social media and lots just the way it's a little bit more current going, isn't it that's is that the thing it, you know the kids the trendy ki- the kids have their trendy shows <laughs> like <laughs> sticks with the queendom yeah <laughs> i love it when you say it like that <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you today. for having me. I can't believe we managed to get through get through everything because we, um, we had a whole month's worth of catching up to do. Yes, um, and I am going to come and see the King and I, Milton Keynes. So obviously, if you happen to be on, then I'll be coming maybe twice. So I can see. Ah, uh, I do have a date in Milton Keynes. But I'll tell you secretly. Okay, tell me secretly, <laughs> and I I will be there. But yeah, good luck with the tour. Thank you very much. Everyone needs to go and check out the King and I. Yes, it's, you're still going. You're still going all over. You've got ages, right? Uh, still going uh, until May at the moment. Yes, yeah, in the and UK until places. May. Yeah. So go and see that, and you can follow Mary on social media. Where are you at? I. Uh, I am, I've never said that before. I am at different. I'm not. I'm not one of those people who has the same name on all my accounts. Because oh, you have several different names, kind of in so life anyway. Many different there's names. Maria. There's Maz. There's Peach. There's Peach. Right. So Instagram is at Peachcoin. Where does Peach come from? Oh, we don't have time. <laughs> but it's nothing. It's actually such a boring story. That's the thing. People ask all the time. They think it's going to be like something like fun. And I'm like, it's a really boring story. But it started from like a bet that I couldn't get people to believe that that was my name. It was when I worked for Disney and it was like a silly little game thing. And anyway, everyone then ended up calling me it. And so that's just sort of where it stemmed from. But now... One of my, you know, sometimes my friends will say they've been talking about me to someone and someone's calling me Maria and they don't register that they're talking because <laughs> they always call me Peach. Um, yeah. So Instagram is Peachcoin and Twitter is Mazcoin. And Maz is actually just, my dad is the only person who calls me Maz. But I think when I was setting up my Twitter, I don't know. That's just the first thing that came to I set up my Twitter so long ago. Mazcoin. But yeah. The, um, I have a little present for you. What is it? Can I open it now? Of course you can open it now. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Oh, yes. Is that how I'm supposed to do it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how you're supposed oh. to do it. Rip that white thing <laughs> off, my friend. I'm this is Every week, basically, we normally give, we give, I give someone this mug and they can't open Oh, it's... Oh, my God! Spoiler alert. I just spoiled. I don't need to open it anymore, which is good because I'm struggling. I'm actually really struggling. But this is, you'll be happy to have got my, my new mugs have arrived. They don't have this, they're much easier to open. <gasps> Yay. Yay! What is it, Maria? It's a mug. <laughs> Believe it or but not. But not just any mug. It's not just any mug. I might make this my tour mug. Yay! It's your very own West End Frame Show tour mug. Yes, I'm going to take it on tour for my... For my Tease. <laughs> Good luck with tour. <laughs> Thank I can't you so wait much. to hopefully come and see you. Um, yes, and I mean, I mean, come and see Anna Lee. Of course, phenomenal. of course. So just the come show, show is amazing. Everyone needs to go and see it because it's a beautiful production, a really beautiful production. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Frame Show. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, leave a little rating, write a little review, and of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you check out our other podcast in the frame 
game. We're wrapping up Series 1 this Friday with an interview with the amazing Carrie Hope Fletcher, who's currently playing Fontaine in Les Mis. Head over to westernrefrain.co.uk for more info about today's episode and all of our podcasting adventures. And you can find West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back next week for another stage of catch-up. Thank you. Bye. Bye.